0: Hey, good morning, Redemption City Church. Uh, Welcome to our gathering. Uh, I wish I could see you guys in person, but thank you uh, to all of our host families who are opening up their homes so we can be together today. Father, I just thank you so much for today, and I pray that you will speak to us, even through a short little video, uh, that you'll speak to us about your wisdom and how you've orchestrated and designed your church, Lord God. Father, I thank you for the gift of elders, Uh, Father, it is a joy to actually be an elder with RCC, and I pray, Lord God, that you continue to give us um, more and more healthy elders, Lord God, to help lead and care for and shepherd your church. Jesus, we love you. We welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Guide us, lead us, open our hearts and our minds to receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So lately, I've been learning a lot about building. It's not by choice, it's because we are undertaking a major innovation and we're almost done, praise God. Uh, But what I've been learning is that it is absolutely important the way you build, Uh, from the foundation, uh, to the framing, to the finishing touches. How you build determines how good and enjoyable uh, the building is, when the same way God has shown us in his wisdom how his church is to be built in a way that it will glorify him and lead to the thriving and the flourishing of his people, the church. And so over the next four weeks, we're diving into a series creatively called The Church. And we'll walk through and talk about the different parts of God's church. We're going to talk about elders, deacons, members in Christ Jesus, who is the head. But today we're diving in and talking about elders, we're going to be asking two simple questions. Who is an elder and what does he do? Uh, I do want to just make a note uh, that elders and throughout the scripture, it comes from one Greek word uh, and it can be three different words could show up. Elder, pastor, or overseer. And so uh, just bear that in mind. Sometimes I'll say pastor, sometimes I'll say elder. Usually those are the two that interchange, but I could say shepherd. Um, all of this is describing uh, the role of an elder in some of the different functions of what he does. So I want you to just think, you know, when you think of elder or your pastor, who is qualified to be an elder? Is it someone who just loves Jesus, who went to seminary, who can preach well? No, some of those things might be true. Hopefully many of those things are true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that person is an elder. Is it somebody who is older, you know, like the word elder, older? no not necessarily is it just someone who has great ministry skills maybe even in the workplace they've shown a lot of leadership skills um, and giftings um or is it someone who's been a faithful member of the church for a long time and just very committed is that an elder well all those things are important it might play a helpful role in being an elder what we're going to see today is what does God's Word teach us about who an elder is and what he does. And probably the most helpful book in understanding this is the book of First Timothy. First Timothy is a book that was written from Paul, the Apostle Paul, to a younger man, Timothy, who was in a church that wasn't very healthy, and Paul was trying to guide Timothy into how to help set that church up and equip that church and support that church so that it could be a healthy church. And in the book of First Timothy. Paul speaks to who and what elders are. So we're gonna start with the who of eldership, and I'm gonna use four C's to talk about the who of eldership. I didn't come up with these. Uh, many people have seen um, how this all works together. and makes sense. I don't know who initially created it, but 1 Timothy chapter three, uh, verse one, we'll start in today. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, Elder, pastor. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. The first part of uh, someone becoming an elder is that he must aspire to the office of elder. He must desire it. He must want it. Uh, the word here, you're like, that's an A. Uh, the word here is calling. Uh, the The pastor, the elder of a church, or or any, there's not just one, but the elders of a church must have an inner sense that God is calling them, that the Holy Spirit is putting in their heart a desire to lead God's church. And this is a noble thing the scripture says. Um, I I like what Charles Spurgeon said about this. He says that we must have an inner sense of God's calling. He says, an intense, all-absorbing desire for the work of ministry. It doesn't mean this is the only thing someone will do, as we have both lay elders and vocational elders. So I am freed up by you guys to serve the church. And Vern Matthews also has a, a desire, an aspiration that God put in his heart to lead our church. And so he is an elder, but he just doesn't do it full time. He does it as a lay person in the church. Uh, and then there's also... an. Uh, Another part of one's calling is not just that this person individually feels called and uh, feels like the spirit is leading and guiding them to be an elder, but it's also important that the body sees this as well, that those who know him most also would confirm. We see God calling this person, setting aside this person for the work of ministry and equipping and caring for and shepherding the church. So there's an inner sense of calling and there's an outside confirmation of the calling as well. Uh, The second... Part of the who of an eldership is the one we'll spend the most time on today. It is the character of an elder. So Paul would say, like, follow me as I follow Christ. And this is vital for the, for the elders of a church, the pastor, uh, pastors of a church, to live in a way that honors Christ and invites the body to follow um, him as he follows Christ. And so I want you to look with me at 1 Timothy 3, verses 2 through 3. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. I want to just talk through a couple of these uh, character traits, and characters, uh, characteristics of an elder. So the first one that's mentioned here is above reproach. This means that the elder, it doesn't mean he's perfect, but he lives his life in a way that if somebody was to accuse him of something, the body and most people's disposition would be like, surely not this man. We know his character. He lives above reproach. Um, And so what that means is false accusations most likely don't stick because he lives in a way that these things um, just are shown over and over again not to be true. He is the kind of man that people can trust. He's trustworthy. The second thing it says is that elders are to be husbands of one wife or a one woman man. So if married, what this means is that this, the elder is to be absolutely 100% committed to his wife. He is faithful in, in his mind and his thought life. He honors his wife by being committed and faithful to her, um, both mentally, both emotionally, and also physically. He is absolutely 100% committed to his bride. Now, I do want to make a note that there we do believe as a church family you can be an elder even if you're not married. Uh, We see that because there are many men in the scriptures that lead the church, such as the apostle Paul himself, who were not married. Uh, We don't believe that being married is a requirement for being an elder. But if you are married, you must be a faithful husband, a loving husband, a husband that loves his bride like Christ loves the church. Uh, Secondly, I want to point out that the elder is known to be self-controlled. You see this word kind of described when it says that elders be self-controlled, sober-minded, temperate, sensible. This means that an elder is able to control his thoughts. He's not addicted to pornography. He's not um, driven by lust. Um, He's to be uh, self-controlled with his body, with his um, enjoyment of different gifts from the Lord. He's not uh, one who... Uh, is an alcoholic or one who is overly addicted to food. So an elder shows control both in his mind and in with his body. The NIV, I like what it says. It says an elder is to keep their head in all things. One who's wise, who has balanced judgment. The next thing I wanna point out is the elder, it says, is to be gentle. So not violent, it says, not quarrelsome. Not arrogant, not hot-tempered. This doesn't mean, though, that an elder is weak, that he's a pushover. I think rather than a subtraction, what he what the text is saying is in addition to being strong men, men who stand on conviction, they're also to add to their strength gentleness. I think about the word meekness. It's a controlled strength. They don't just fly off the handles. Hospitable. Uh, And it says, when you think about hospitable, it means that he's one that opens his home, who welcomes people, who has a, a warmth to himself and helpfulness to the way he loves and cares for others. And lastly, not a lover of money. The next thing I want you to see is that an elder is called to be competent. It says he's able to teach. He knows the word of God, loves the word of God, and is able to communicate and teach in a way that the body is built up. We'll talk more about competency in a second. And then lastly, uh, it's a, I think the C here is uh, confirmation from one's community. That's well, two Cs, but <laughs> that one's community sees it. And so the closest community you would live in as an elder is your home. And so an elder is to lead his household well, um, to lead and raise his kids in a way um, that they grow up to love and know Jesus. We can't control that, but we raise them and show them the ways of Jesus. Uh, and then also it talks about Those who don't know Christ, who are on the outside, think really well of elders. So your testimony both from within the home and outside of the home and within the local body is one of being respected um, and thought well of. So those are the four C's, um, we would say, that make up an elder. Uh, Called, a man of godly character, um, competent, and then confirmed by one's community. Lastly, I want us to think about the what of pastoring, What does it mean to pastor? Like, how do I know if my pastor is leading and shepherding and caring for us well? And the scripture isn't silent here either. In fact, there's a time when the church was growing in the early church so fast that the pastors, the elders were, um, there, there was just more work to do than they could be done. And they started spending a lot of time focusing on feeding those who are hungry, which is a really good thing. But But as they sought the Lord, they realized they couldn't do everything. And so God raised up deacons, help serve and meet tangible needs within the church. And it says in Acts 6, 4, that the disciple says, but we are gonna devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I think that really gets after the primary heartbeat of an elder, which is prayer and preaching. Those are some of the two main components of what it means to be an elder. It's not the only thing. We're gonna see there's much more, but prayer and preaching. And I wanna just emphasize that The calling an elder is to proclaim God's word, to teach God's word, absolutely, that's vital. But also a huge part of eldering and pastoring is a call to pray. Um, A lot of Vernon and I's time together um, and individually as it relates to RCC is spent in prayer. We're praying for each one of you personally. Uh, We're praying for our church holistically and together. Lord, how are you leading us? What do we need to grow in? Uh, What, you know, scripture, book of the Bible would you want to use right now in the life of our church to build up your church? So we spend a lot of time praying. We were just on the elder retreat. And honestly, the highlight of my time with Vern and then our staff came in as well was our times together in prayer. Um, And so this is a big part of what it means. Um, And the scripture says we should prioritize prayer and the ministry of the word, prayer and preaching and teaching. Um, We'll talk more on preaching and teaching. But I think there's another, there's one more passage, I think, outside of the Timothy text that's really helpful. First Peter five, verse one through five. The disciple Peter wrote this book and he says, so I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble." So I think this passage is really helpful and that it helps us see the, the elders' calling isn't just to pray and to preach, but the elders' calling, uh, I think, really can be summed up in the word shepherd. Shepherd the flock. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, who've, who've given themselves to your care and oversight and love. And so we know that in, in the church, Christ Jesus is actually the true good shepherd and that pastors are under shepherds. We're looking to the true shepherd as we guide his sheep even as a sheep, sheep as well. Uh, But the picture of a shepherd uh, is very helpful. And so what does the shepherd do? I think there's a couple of different things. Uh, First of all, the shepherd knows his sheep. Uh, If you think about a shepherd, he would often probably shell like, smell like sheep. There's no way a shepherd wouldn't smell like sheep in the Middle East because his calling was to be with his sheep. In the same way pastors, elders are to know you guys, were to um, know what you're walking through, what's hard right now in your life. What are you praying for and hoping for? So we know our sheep individually, but we also know our sheep collectively. So we have a sense of what God's doing in the life of our body. What are things that we all maybe need to grow in? What are things that we need to celebrate that God is giving grace in, in the body? So a shepherd's calling us to know his sheep. The second thing uh, when you think about shepherding is a shepherd's calling is to feed his sheep. And you know that all throughout the scriptures, uh, the Lord is our shepherd. It says, and because of that, we shall not want. Why? Because he takes us out into those green pastures. He feeds us. Well, the primary way that a shepherd is going to, sh- uh, our pastor is going to feed his sheep is through God's word. God's word is the primary way that your pastors are going to feed you. In fact, 2 Timothy three sixteen tells us that all scripture is, It's God-breathed, and therefore it is useful for teaching or profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. You see, the Word of God, when it's fed to the people of God, it will lead to hearts and minds being transformed. It will lead to increased affection for Jesus and a love for Jesus, but not just a love for Jesus. It will transform the way we live as well as we begin to see that the gospel is, yes, something that that we believe and love and and know in our mind and in and, and love and our heart, but it's something that changes our very lives. And so shepherds are to be teaching, to be training in righteousness, showing not just what the word says, but how it applies to our life. But then it also mentions in here that the word of God is profitable for reproof and correction. You know, often shepherds would have sheep that would wander astray and it was the shepherd's job to go get them and to bring them back. And that is one of your pastors, your elders' callings, to watch over you guys, to um, to try to come alongside you guys and care for you guys. And if somebody's walking in sin, to pursue them in love, not because of any wickedness in our heart, but rather in love, like, hey, I want to see you loving Christ, following Christ with your whole heart. And so in love, we pursue um, one another. If If somebody walks away or or falls into sin, or is being deceived by the enemy. It's your pastors, your shepherds calling to go and pursue wandering sheep. And so we're called to feed um, God's sheep. The third thing I want you to see is that we're called to uh, lead God's sheep as well. In this text in Peter, it says that shepherds are not to be domineering, that they are caring for the flock that God has entrusted to them, but they're not to be domineering. They're not to be demanding. But rather, they're to lead them by caring for them, by loving them. I think it's very clear in here. It also says that we're to be an example to the flock. So we lead uh, in love, we lead in, in our example to the flock. Like I said, Paul was able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. And there's a lot of weight with that, you know, because often we fall short, we're sinners. But, But ultimately we should lead by example as we look to the one who truly is the one we're following, Jesus. He's our ultimate example and the one who empowers us by his spirit and his word to live a life pleasing to him. Elders are to lead by example. They're to lead in love. They're to lead in obedience. They should be men of godly character like we talked about. They should lead by great faith. They should be men who are not fearful, but men who are confident that God is faithful to his promises and faithful to his people. And so they don't lead by fear, but they lead by faith. And elders should also lead by persevering. We live in a broken world. We live in times that are hard. uh, And many times with the things we believe uh, about the world and what is true and and right and good. Often the world has different opinions. So we must persevere and, and lead with grace, and in truth, like Jesus did. And then lastly, we lead in equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Ephesians 5, 11 through 12 said this is one of the primary roles of a, a pastor and a teacher is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so we do that by trying to equip our leaders, by trying to equip our members, um, by trying to equip our DNA leaders to care for the body as well. So we're equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's a primary calling as well. And then lastly, one of our callings is to protect. So shepherds protect their sheep. In fact, shepherds would often be known to have a shepherd staff in which they would both use it to hook the sheep and pull them back in, but also to beat off the wild animals uh, that might try to attack the sheep. So elders, pastors are called to protect. Um, We are first and foremost to guard the gospel, the good news of Jesus that was entrusted to us. We want to make sure that, that the word is being faithfully taught, that the things that you're hearing taught from RCC and our ministry is true to God's word and faithful to God's word. So we're to, to make sure that there isn't um, false teaching that comes into the church. In fact, this is what it talks about in the book of 1 Timothy a lot, that there is false teaching in that church. And Paul called Timothy to correct and to rightly teach what is true about the gospel. We're also uh, to protect our sheep Uh, When we hear in society things that the culture is saying that run contradictory to God's word, we want to speak out clearly with grace and truth, but hold firm to the word of God. Um, And then we also protect by pursuing our sheep and and those uh, people who begin to walk away or believe uh, heresy or or something we don't believe to be biblical. We do that graciously and truthfully. Um, And as we go to people, it gives us a great amount of joy Uh, When God uses us in the life of people um, to encourage them to stir their heart, to run hard after Christ, to turn maybe from something that maybe was a temptation um, or something that the enemy was trying to stump them up on. It gives us great joy when we see people turn back and follow Christ. Um, And then I I think I would sum it up with this, that, uh, that elders at the end of the day are normal people who love Christ, who love his word and who look to Christ together, not just as one elder, but as a community of elders to see Christ exalted in our people's lives, but to see the body built up and strengthened. Uh, we want to see the world transformed and uh, we love you. It is a joy to elder and to lead you guys. Uh, thank you for letting me share today. I hope you guys have been encouraged. I hope this gives, has given you a better idea of what it, what it means to be an elder, what it means to be a pastor, how you can be praying for us, Um, and so thank you guys uh, for gathering today and I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Love you. God bless.